Hello and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. And well, what a week we've had. We're back behind the microns after our summer recess. Is it only a week? A week? When it feels like... A lot longer than a week. There's been there's been a lot going on, and we're probably going to have to timestamp this one because in the wacky world we exist in at the moment, it is Sunday evening. We are trying to unpick the shenanigonery that's occurred over the last week, including exciting developments in the Portsmouth Guildhall Square, which we'll touch on later, and obviously the big issues nationally. Yes. So we are recording at seven o'clock on Sunday evening. Yeah, we probably need to be that specific. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, 8th of September, 7pm, this is where we're at. This is how many defections to the Lib Dems there are at this point. <laughs> we can just classify that as too many. Wow. Um, come on in, guys, the water's lovely. Indeed. There's three. Indeed, so uh, Boris no. made his triumphant return to uh, to Parliament as Prime Minister and... We talk about we've talked about the bus. So think, triumphant return. Well, I what were you watching? So allow me to finish. Allow me to. <laughs> okay, finish. go on. Triumphant return. We've talked about a lot of buses during the last three years. I would suggest this week the wheels have rather come off the Boris bus, if we're being fair. Um, yes, the nuts and bolts really did come off the wheels, but the lies are still on it. Oh. It's a, it's a, ooh, yeah. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. So, Monday night, Boris stood in, on the steps of Downing Street and with his typical wah 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 invited all of his party to remain loyal to him and ensure that the, the running of Parliament was still in the hands of the government on Tuesday and basically threatening dire consequences if anybody did him wrong. Yeah, agree with me or I'm kicking you out of the Tory party, That's basically, is what he said. Pretty much how it was. And so he stood up to speak, and then, I, I, can I use scoundrel? The I first, don't know, it depends on what context. The first scoundrel stood up and crossed the floor. Oh, I thought you were talking about Boris. No, he's not a scoundrel, good man. So, <laughs> who was the lad who came and sat with you? Philip yes, Lee? Yes, that would be Philip Lee. Yes. So the government's majority has gone from one to nothing, and it would be fair to say, it didn't get better from there. Uh, no, it's not been an auspicious start, and he, well, uh, someone that wanted to become Prime Minister and wanted to be a record-breaking Prime Minister that um, that goes down in the history books, he is achieving that aim. At the moment, but there is, as we have, uh, in our... We'll pro- never forget him. Well, no, in our pre-match warm-up, we did acknowledge that there are still potentially more twists and turns. So, than the, a, yeah, twists... a pack of Sainsbury's pasta fusely twists. Fusely. Cool. How middle class are you? <laughs> so we move on. The vote was held, and twenty-one conservatives crossed the divide to vote with the opposition to hand the order of the day to the uh, to the lovable rogue that is Jeremy Corbyn and the opposition. And at that point, no other option really for Boris. Having said, I'm going to chuck you out if you go and sleep with the enemy. We were. The majority in Parliament was down by 21 as they were all summarily dismissed. And then there was a medium-sized procession of people after, including 
his own brother. Christ, that's going to be an awkward Christmas dinner, isn't it? Oh, yeah. See, um, yes. So Joe Johnson uh, stood down from his position as a minister um, to spend less time with his family. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so luckily, I'm sure their dining table is going to be big enough that, that they can see him at opposite ends. And the, as of today, I think the last one to leave was Amber Rudd today. Who's, she, she sort of resigned and said, all right, I'm, I'm going. And then when I saw her on the Andrew Marr show, she said, but I still want to be a Conservative and hopefully they'll invite me back, which all seemed a bit odd. Yeah, it seems like what she's saying is she's resigned her position um, in the government and resigned the Conservative whip, but she hasn't left the party. No, no. And to be fair, seeing as she didn't cross the divide, we're not going to throw her out so she can stand there and do whatever she likes. So there we were, uh, the hands of government tied and the motion that was put forward by the... Labour folks to stop a no-deal Brexit went to the floor and I believe it won 328 to 301. Yes, so the motion that was put forward by a united front of um, concerned opposition parties oh, yes. um, was that, um, and what that, what that motion uh, requires the Prime Minister to do is that in the event that we don't have a deal that's passed Parliament on the 17th of October, um, that it requires him to ask of the EU27 a an extension of at least three months um, to Article 50. And Boris, with his usual restrained use of language, has said that he would rather be dead in a ditch than ask for an extension of the EU. I think it's a fairly graphic metaphor for the fact that he's not too keen. I thought he was... Hedging his bets. No. In fact, I have today taken to song in the rewrite of the classic Amy Winehouse. They to make, tried to make me go to EU. I said, no, no, no. So he is, he is not keen. So his, his next move then was to, was, to, was to, in a collaborative and collegiate style, give Jeremy Corbyn the general election he had been baying for and still was jumping up and down on Sunday shouting, pick me, pick me. So he went to the House and said, right, let's sort this out. General election in the car park, one at a time, we're all together, I'm not bothered. Which, interestingly, was one of the things that we predicted is a possible mm. action in our referendum, referendum-don't um, podcast. So our last episode. Um, and... Um, I have to confess to being surprised that Jeremy Corbyn didn't take him up on the offer and didn't rise to the, come on, Jeremy, have a go if you think you're hard enough um, across the dispatch box. Yeah. Um, and quite sensibly um, agreed that having, falling, basically proceeding to a general election at the moment is dangerous for the country because it it allows the Prime Minister to set the timetable of when that general election is and they could set that to be after the 31st of October and because Parliament has to shut, I think it's 21 days before an election, yep. that would mean that there would be no one sitting to be able to do anything to hold the government of the day to account in order to, um, in regards to taking the country out of the EU with, um, with no deal, um, without a mandate. Now, fascinatingly, mm. Mm, Sunday... JC mad keen for an election, mad for it as they say in Manchester. Monday, that nice Mr Tony Blair is saying, don't fall into the elephant trap being laid for you by Bojo. By Monday afternoon, JC doesn't want a general election anymore. 
But you're mm-hmm. a fan of Tony Blair's. Well, Why are you crying, decrying Tony. now? Oh, I'm just... I, it, you know, it asks questions, isn't it? Is he still the power behind the throne? He... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. What? Well, there, is, there is... There is, 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 is he the dark force behind the... Have we... Is have he tra- you been drinking? No, no. Is Jezza a Trojan horse for the Blairites? I invite our listeners to consider. So you're suggesting that this week that Jeremy Corbyn is a Trojan Blairite operative, whereas before you were suggesting that he was a Trojan for basically anything left of Putin? Yes. Yeah, I think there might be... Mr Tony Blair might be... I think you're clutching at your... I, I think... Your, like, um, your biodegradable straws here. No, no I think... <laughs> In the same way that your Nicola Sturgeon looks like Jimmy Cranky, I think your 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 um your JC could be like a sooty puppet, Mr. Blair working it. But anyway, we digress. I think but... that's absolute fantasy, but nonetheless, um, great though, move it. Not really. Moving, uh, <laughs> moving, moving on. So yes, so we're in a situation of so the government um, the government are now hamstrung that they are required and. That, that, so the law that will require them to ask an extension if we haven't got a deal that's gone through Parliament, and that law will get royal assent on Monday, so tomorrow. Yep. Um, so that will mean that if the Prime Minister doesn't do that, he'll be breaking the law. Um, I think he's saying that, or some people are trying to advise him that actually he should just break the law. And there was a, a Michael Gove went on, was it Andrew Marr, to say that, Say that Boris Johnson would basically just ignore that, and then Sajid Javid has then gone on Andrew Marr this week to say that of course we'll, uh, of course we'll follow the law, but we won't be asking for an extension, which means that you're not following the law. So, so and, you know, usual. Yep. That, I, I thought the Labour Party were the ones with the um, equivocation, but it seems well, not. It's a, it's extraordinary times, and you've got to move with it. Yes. And so that is all going to go through. That's going to get royal assent. So we, we are now heading towards, and then Parliament's going to be broke. But the local news story that set the headlines alight, <laughs> that was that was the big news, yeah. was was Tuesday's uh, some kind of anti-pigeon demonstration in uh, in uh, Guildhall Square. Is that? Because you're saying stop the coup. Yeah, stop the coup. Stop <laughs> well, the coup. Um, funnily enough, one of one of my friends at the Lib Dems actually um, did make that point as well that um, we could enlist pigeons to talk about stopping the coup. Um, yes, so there was a broad church of collected people there who were unhappy with uh, Boris Johnson's mistreatment of Parliament and the democratic process and wanted to wanted to protest against his. Um, attempting to force the country out of the EU without a mandate. And this broad church, I'm guess, combined... When you say broad church, broad we don't church. mean the TV programme with David Tennant did, in it. Did you have some kind of bonnet on? Bonnet on? Yeah, they love a bit of a bonnet, don't they, on broad church? Oh, you, you, headgear you've lost me. But anyway, so there was a handful of angry lefties and lots and lots of Lib Dems, and you made headline news <laughs> with your with your... Marvelously, Portsmouthian chant that was struck up of Boris is a dinner. Um, so yes, in my in my speech where I talked about how um, how Boris Johnson and his friends um, are trying to divide the people that are seeking to um, stop his coup um, because it's handier for them to actually have us in fighting with each other. But what we disagree about, we can fight about later. But the most important thing is we concentrate on focusing on what we agree on right now, which is to take back control of our democracy um, from um, an overreaching executive. 
Um, and yes, I did mention that, so I quoted that, um, as the people of Portsmouth would say, Boris, you're a dinner. So yes, I did indeed get quoted by the Portsmouth Evening News for, for saying that, and here I am saying it again. I bet you've got a t-shirt. I might have a t-shirt, I might have several that are on order. Um, I'll add a link um, to the posting for people to buy the t-shirts. This is just... Ch- <laughs> but proceeds go to... Mm, merchandising. I think this is superb. Um, so, uh, so that was a really bad kind of like... Can we get one printed that says, Oi, lefties, stop squinnying? Because that's a Portsmouth word as well. I, I, I'm, um, I'm sure that squinny might make its way into the vernacular at some point, but I don't know that I would write that. No. So f- five minutes of fame, more... Inches, madam, as it were, than Stephen Morgan in the evening news, and um, and on we progress, and so. Well, we... to be fair, Stephen Morgan was in the right place. It was the Tuesday night when the votes were happening, so rather than turning up at the Guildhall Square, he was the right place was to be in Parliament voting on the matter of the day. Well, I suppose we'll forgive him that. So we're in the situation now where it, it the the ooh, we talk about. Uh, Brother Kinnock, Stephen Kinnock. Yes, so his yes. little secret. Now, this one has flown under the radar for me, um, and thanks to uh, Simon's rigorous, rigorous research as part of this podcast, there was a cheeky amendment to the bill. Yes, so the um, so the bill about basically we're talking about the the the, the, the Ben motion that, that requires the government to ask for an extension. Stephen Kinnock had put forward an amendment that um, that asked that basically allows for an opportunity for the government to bring Theresa May's withdrawal agreement back to the House of Commons for a fourth vote. Um, and interestingly enough, the government didn't um, didn't allocate a teller for that. So in the House of in the House of Commons, um, when people vote yay or nay, so vote either for or against a particular motion or an amendment, um, they go into the lobbies, which are the halls that are either side of yeah. the debating chamber of the house at the house of commons um, the tellers are the people in each each of the in each of the lobbies that effectively count how many people there are and register who is actually voting a particular way so it's not like the 21st century where you press a button they have to get out their chair and go and stand in a hall for 10 minutes and be counted um, like children in the quad uh, fire practice so the government didn't put forward a teller um, and that meant that the amendment automatically passed without objection. Oh, that's, that's which was an interesting thing. Slight oversight. So, mm. the EU was withdrawal agreement as can come back the fourth time, despite <laughs> tiny. Sorry, wee, who was screening ti- again? Tiny wee Burko, just just giving balance as always. Was was never keen keen on that. So that that one, so that could be back on the table. It could. It would be a sensible thing to think about it because it's the it's the type of Brexit that the Brexiteers didn't think was Brexity enough. But only Parliament only had an opportunity to vote on it because of Gina Miller's action in the courts. Had she not succeeded in that court action, of course, we'd have left the EU on the 29th of March with Theresa May's withdrawal agreement. Well, indeed. So we are in a situation where, and it will be interesting to see how that vote goes mm. because. If we look at it when it failed, the Labour Party were whipped against it, so none of their pro-Brexit MPs would support it, and effectively the ERG, the hardline Brexiteers, stepped across with them, and and it failed. So I wonder if it comes up again, um, will will the Labour Party give a free vote to their members to see whether they can get that agreement 
across the line. Who knows? It is like the beginning of the episode of, of every episode of Stingray, if you're old enough to remember. Anything could happen in the next half hour. Yes. Who's the Mistron, though? The Mistrons, that was... That was Captain Scarlet. Yes, it was. I've, I've mixed my puppets. Yeah, you have mixed your puppets. And, you know, there's a... You could make some jokes about Muppets in Parliament and yeah. Puppets in Parliament and people who's behind the scenes pulling the trings. Dominic Cummings! Mr and Tony Blair. <laughs> That's a ridiculous thing to say. Um, okay, so shall we, shall we pause for a quick cup of tea and then think about what happens next? Right, and we're back. We haven't been prorogued. <laughs> Yet. No. Um, oh, what was? No, it's not the pirogues. It's the pogues, wasn't it? It was <laughs> on the fourth of July, eighteen hundred and six. Yes. So we're we're rambling now. Um, so the we we've concluded that the bill was going to get royal assent on Monday, and then at some point next week, Parliament is going to be sent away for a few weeks. Bit of a conference season. A few jollies. A couple of G and Ts. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the Parliament would normally agree to rise um, during the conference season, although it hadn't agreed to do that, and there was talk of not doing that. So I think that's where the kind of the concern that this prorogation takes time in a way that we could have been discussing uh, the matter of the day. But nonetheless, yes, Parliament Parliament rises um, any time between the 9th and the 12th uh, next week and doesn't return until October the 14th. Until the 14th, 17 days. Oh, I've almost got one of those, you know, like on that programme 24. There's a little clock blinking away in the bottom corner. Is it like a? Is that like the? Because those really awful pictures of James Cleverly with his Brexit countdown clock. Could could be. So we've got 17 days. Queen turns up, says, "Let me tell you, how it's going to be." She spits some rhymes at her. At her. You think um, she's going to deliver the Queen's speech in through the medium of rap? I believe so. I believe, or possibly, um, in the in in a grime style. I think she will channel the spirit of Stormzy. To deliver the Queen's speech. I have to be honest, that's just another of your predictions that I'm going to disagree with. That's fair enough. Fair enough. So, the question then is, what happens? And we have skipped over. There is a there is a nuclear option that could happen before mm. then. And not, not literally nuclear. No, 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 no. But I think it would be fair to say, we've, we've looked at this and... So we scratched our heads to the point that yeah. what little hair we both did have—it's yeah, not great. Yeah. Um, so we think that what could happen is well, first of all, a, a new deal emerging. Simon, what do you reckon? Okay, so um, Boris Johnson. So the PM keeps talking about his negotiations with the EU, and it seems to be really interesting that they're not actually talking to anybody. Um, so I don't think so. Aside, so I'll, I'll come to a point quickly. Um, I don't think that will succeed for one simple reason. Um, with the red lines that Boris Johnson isn't moving from that Theresa May um, negotiated with, the EU were never going to be able to provide us any different deal than the one that they provided us with as a rules-based organisation, where the twenty, where the twenty-seven um, countries have agreed to follow a, a harmonised rule book and regulations to enable. Uh, border-free travel and trade um, throughout those 27 countries. Um, they're not going to do anything that is going to effectively put a wall, a hole in the wall to the barrier around the single market and the customs union, which is why the issue of Northern Ireland be becomes a problem. Um, 
we haven't been able to find those miracle solutions that the ERG told us were just around the corner in the last three years. So they aren't going to be able to give us a different deal. So there are some things that I think way out there that they could suggest, yeah. and I'll come to them later on, but I don't think he's going to come back with anything any different. So your concise answer there? No. no. <laughs> Excellent. Right, so that's there isn't going to be a new deal to be voted on. There is Theresa May and the EU's deal, which has had three bites of the cherry and hasn't made it across the line. No. Could come back for a fourth go. Mm-hmm. If there was a free vote, might it make it over the line? It, it, it's possible, but I don't. I don't think so because all all the withdrawal agreement does is say how we leave. It doesn't set in stone what our future relationship is. Is so all it effectively does is present a keep calm and carry on for mm. for at least two years or longer yep. if if all parties agree. Yeah. Um, the bigger question because this is where Theresa May's negotiation. Agree, they agreed with the EU to do it the wrong way around. Rather than fixing the point that we're, cha- we're implementing to, we're transitioning to, we agreed what the transition was before we figured out what it is that yeah. we wanted it to become. So it's still possible at the end of that withdrawal agreement, um, assuming that there's some solution to the issue in North, the Northern Ireland border, that we actually don't have a deal. So you don't see that one happening. And, no. he- and here's where, and here's where it, we, we get into a very interesting scenario which is what happens if Parliament doesn't vote for anything? Yeah, so the so the Ben Bill requires Boris Johnson... So this is the bill that's going to be um, given royal yep. assent. So that's the Queen basically signing off to say that it's passed through the House of yep. Commons, it's passed through the House of Lords, it is now law. So this is the thing that's going to get royal assent on Monday. That effectively says to Boris Johnson, if um, you need to either pass a deal through the House of Commons and the House of Lords... Um, before, in order to leave the EU on by the thirty first of October, or sorry, to basically to pass a deal, or for Parliament to agree to leave without a deal. But before that, mm-hmm. it obliges him to go and ask for an extension. Well, if he hasn't got a deal, by that's the passed, se- that's yeah. passed, um, the, then he has to go and ask for extension on the seventeenth, seventeenth of October. So, and this is where it all becomes yet more confusing. So he goes to the EU on the seventeenth. Yep. There could be shenanigonery in that the UK could then use its veto to veto that extension. I don't think that would happen. But that it only needs one of the 27 member states mm-hmm. to say no, and we have no extension. Uh, that's, that's true, but to be fair... Lots of people thought the same about in same back in March yeah. and the, the subsequent extension. You're right, it only requires one of them to say no. But the truth is probably that, um, that although extending Article 50 means the, the unending horror yep. of, um, of this uh, process continues and continues to affect both parties, yep. it is still preferable than the unimaginable or um, disorganisation that would that would result from leaving without a deal. So I think that is the that is at least the most the thing that the EU would like the least yep. because it means more inconvenience for them. But it is the only thing they can they can they can do as a compromise because they cannot change how the single market and the customs union works. So uh, we have another challenge in that mm. Boris is flat with saying I will not do that. Yes. So that suggests to me that 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 could get murky, mm-hmm. but. 
I guess the confusion, well, the, the piece that we debated off air, and we won't take you through all of that rationale, no. but the belief is that if we don't get an extension mm-hmm. and we don't get a deal, mm-hmm. the way in which the Ben motion is written suggests that it would be illegal for us to leave in no deal, mm-hmm. but it doesn't specify that we have to revoke Article 50. Now, logically, you've pointed out that that is the only possible option. Yeah. And... I, because I take a different view, have said, well, no, if nothing happens, then the 31st is still set in stone and we default out on no deal. Now, I guess it would be fair to say that whilst we both hold those views, neither of us have a, enough of a legal background and to know that definitively that's what the... Well, you, you could argue that the two laws contradict each other in, in yes. that way. Um, but in order, so so the so the Ben it will be a bill because it will be signed yep. into law. So the so the Ben bill requires the PM either to have passed a a deal through Parliament, or to have got Parliament to agree to leave without a deal. That actually only leaves him with one option. If the if the if that say, is saying that it, it it basically it requires him to either leave with a deal or to leave without a deal with the consent of Parliament. He can't leave without a deal without the consent of Parliament. If he does, he'll be breaking the law. Yep. So that only leaves him with one option. If he's not going to either achieve or realistically, you know, if he's either going to sabotage his own request for, a, for an extension or the EU don't give him one, yep. he actually only, only ha- there is only one option open to him in order to avoid breaking the law. And at that point, I think I'd like to hope we can both agree there is no chance at all in hell of Boris Johnson being the Prime Minister that revoked Article 50? Uh, do you know what? I wouldn't say there's no chance of it because it's not like he's not had any history in the past of changing his mind and flip-flopping I, on something I massively. I get that, but you can't go from I'm not, I'd rather be dead in a ditch than go and ask for an extension um, till on the 30th saying, all right, lads, let's call the whole thing off. If anybody could... It would be Boris Johnson that could do it, but no, I, 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 you're, I agree. You're in, the same, you're in the same world as Mr. Tony Blair pulling the strings at the Labour Party. <laughs> so no, but I, I think that um, I, I think that if he did that politically, he would be finished from his own side because all the people that helped him get to power would basically be, be coming there, for him politically. There'd, there'd be no gain from him doing it. So at that point, we have to move on to the motion of no confidence. Mm-hmm. So bearing in mind that what we talked about in part one was that. Um, Boris Johnson basically stood at the dispatch box and offered out Jeremy Corbyn for a Jeremy, elec- a gen- Jeremy, a Jeremy election. election. <laughs> a Jeremy election. So a general election. Um, and uh, Corbyn saw through that ruse um, because it would allow um, the PM to control the timetable when that has, has and therefore hamstrung, hamstrung Parliament. Um, so hasn't fallen for that. So uh, because asking for an election that way under the Fixed Term Parliament Act requires him to have a two-thirds majority, what he could do that only requires a majority of one, is to raise a motion of no confidence in his own government. Yes, this is the nuclear option. Yes, so he could whip his own MPs, what there are left of them, the ones that he hasn't kicked out of the party. He could whip his own MPs. We're going to have my crowd's bigger than your crowd conversation. (laughs) Oh, we've got 14, we're going to need a bigger minibus. 17. 17, you're almost at... Too many buses. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but at least we're still driving in one direction and the, and the minibus doesn't have lines on the nice. side of it. So, anyway, moving moving back to the point. Yep. So, um, so, Boris Johnson could raise a motion of no confidence in his own government, whip his own MPs to 
basically agree with that motion, yep. then the opposition parties would be in the invidious situation of either they vote to say that they have confidence in Boris Johnson's government, therefore allowing the government to continue, or they don't, or they abstain, therefore allowing the motion to pass. Um, if you raise that motion the day before Parliament prorogues, yep. the, mo the vote of no confidence is required to happen the next day. So if he raises the motion, the vote happens the next day, the opposition parties basically don't vote or... or, or um, Charging around not knowing which lobby to go in or whether yes, they just yes, sit basically with their basically getting heads. really, really dizzy. Yeah. So, so that would happen. What would then happen is, under the Fixed Term Parliament Act, 14 days then exists in order for anybody to prove that they have the confidence of the House and therefore form a government. But they can't, but because they're all a Yes, because Parliament's prorogued, they won't have the opportunity to do that. So therefore, because while Parliament's prorogued, that 14-day cooling-off period expires, we then actually have to have an election no sooner than seven weeks after the vote of no confidence takes place, which would mean that the vote of no confidence... Take sorry, the general election would take place after the 31st of October. It would take place in the first week of November at the earliest. Um, what the hell? <laughs> so uh, Answers that, on a postcard. Well, that's the nuclear option, which is that that then achieves the no-deal exit, doesn't it? Well, but, but the law is already on the statute books that requires the Prime Minister to ask for an extension, whether Parliament's sitting or not. He won't be able to pass a deal through Parliament because he'll have made sure that yeah, Parliament yeah. isn't sitting, yep. so unless he recalls it. Yep. Um, so he would then be in a situation of either breaking the law yep. or revoking Article 50 and basically breaking his party in two. Oh, it's just that. And again, so this is where we are in that car crash scenario. What the hell happens now? Yeah. So, so what we, happens now? No, another suitcase in another, another hall. hall. So what happens now? No. Another picture on another wall. Um, yeah. We no. won't be recording it. No, I think and, Andrew Lloyd won't. I love a bit of it. Yeah, like a windmill softly turning, like a wheel within a wheel. Um, so there we are. Um, that could happen. I guess the motion of no confidence could happen as soon as they get back. Mm -hmm. Then... So if it's soon as they get back, 14th, let's say on the... When you say get back, do you mean so we're, sorry, we're, on Monday? So or do you mean when no, they come no, back from the prorogation? No, so they've all, they've all been prorogated. They come back, 14th of October. Mm -hmm. Lizzie's done her thing. The 15th, JC poses a motion of no confidence. Yep. That passes. Yep. He's then got 14 days to get his act together. Mm -hmm. If he can then get the confidence of the House, if he can get a caretaker-based arrangement together yep. by the 29th, he can then ask for the extension. Yes, because he'll be Prime Minister. Because he'll be Prime Minister. Mm -hmm. And if he gets the extension, all well and good, we carry on in this horrid game forever. If he doesn't get the extension, then he revokes Article 50 unilaterally as the Prime Minister before the 31st. And having absolutely... I would say uber squinnied about Boris not having a mandate from the people and uh, acting and blah, 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 blah. for JC to um, to revoke Article Fifty on his own with no reference back to um, people. It, it, it depends. What would be um, well? You wouldn't have had a general election at that point, Ooh. would you? You'd have you'd have basically changed. So it would be the first time in our history, without there being lots of nasty consequences, that we've had a change of government without there being an election. Mm. 
So all of it's an ungodly mess. It is. And we've tried to help... Brave listener, we've tried to help you through this, Maya. But I think, despite our immense political wisdom... and still a mess. Simon's (laughs) rigorous interrogation of the interweb, um, we're still not quite sure what's going to happen. So uh, anything could happen in the next half hour. Shall I say about my... What the EU could do to undermine that? Oh yes, your spiteful EU undermine. <laughs> so um, one a, a tactic that the EU could do, and I find it unlikely because it would be difficult for them to get the member states to agree to it. So one thing they could do, we are going to we're we're not going to grant an extension. So if you you know the deal that we've negotiated is on the table, we've negotiated it in good faith. Either either have that deal or don't or leave without a deal. However, we'll give you five years. If at the end of that five years, during which we will negotiate a new trade deal with you in good faith, if at the end of that five years, whether it's the British, the United Kingdom government or whether the, the people in the United Kingdom want to look at that, if you want to resume your membership of the EU, we'll let you resume the existing arrangement, which is the very favourable deal that we have at the moment, which is that we, we don't have to be a member of the Euro, we, we're not a member of Schengen, we have our veto, we um, have our rebate, all of those things that, that give us actually quite a, a preferential um, situation in the EU. They would allow us to resume that agreement. It allows us to have a trial separation. Yep. They could do that. I find it exceedingly unlikely, yeah, but it's, it's possible. It, it's a rare one, and to be honest, I think the prospect of another five years of this is... Um, is well, is, either either way, if we leave without a deal, we'll have five years of oh, trying yeah, to figure yeah, out what, yeah, the, yeah, what the future no, arrangement no, 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 is. We no. just won't have any negotiating stance anymore. Yeah, well, we'll have different negotiating stance, but it won't... It'll, I accept it might be just a tad untidy. A tad untidy. <laughs> so, on that bombshell, <laughs> you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. <laughs> Yellow till we die. Uh, a we, tad untidy. A tad sorry. untidy. Yeah, you can, that's, you can, that's one way of. You can put that on a t-shirt. Sorry, it's a tad untidy that people have run out of medicines and oh, food. Stop and, it! Yeah. I've been Ian Tiny Morris, and he's been the Bobby Squinny. I've been I've been Simon Sansbury, and you can see me again at the um, at the protest at the on the on Tuesday the tenth. You going again? Guildhall Square. Oh, didn't you say it all last time? Are we there? I'm sure there'll be lots of other people that will want to speak. Excellent. I don't need to hog the microphone. I'll, I'll catch the highlights on Match of the Day. Greenville, I am on a Anything can happen in the next half hour.